Right then, good evening, everybody. And uh, for those who are not watching live, uh, hello and welcome along to the latest episode of the Still Parents podcast. This is, we're on series three now, and uh, this is episode two. Uh, welcome along. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us. My name is Dan. I am uh, I'm hosting this as usual along with Ryan from the Lily May Foundation. How are you, Ryan? You well? Very well, thanks, Dan. Very well, thank you. Are you feeling better than you were when we spoke two weeks ago? You had a bit of the old uh, man flu at the time, wasn't it? Um, oh, Flemmy yeah. Ryan. He, had to, he spent most of the hour on mute. <laughs> Best episode we've done, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've still got a little bit of a tickle, but I believe you've got the lurgy now, haven't you, Dan? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit better today, but I was, um, yeah, I'm not sure what it was. I was just a bit, it's just a bit blare, but it's all man right. Man flu, mate. It's man flu in that. <laughs> is that, that what it is? People just and... don't understand, do they, when you get man flu, just quite how bad it is. It is it's, it's terrible, isn't it? It's horrendous. We should do a podcast about it. <laughs> And what, uh, just yeah. all of us coughing for what an hour, <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. And we, um, we have Matt Whitehouse who's joining us as he does every single episode. Now, if you're watching on, on Facebook Live at the minute, um, you can probably guess what I'm about to say. If not, let me explain. Do you ever remember a TV show? It was a comedy, it was quite popular, it was about 15 years ago, and it was called Scrubs. Um, it was set in a hospital, and Matt's actually <laughs> bought the uniforms from the show by the looks of it. Here it is, straight out of surgery. I'm a man of fashion, Dan. You just yeah. need your mask now, Matt. Yeah. Uh, this is the only item of cloth- uh, clothing that Matt has not packed. Um, we've just been informed, him and his other half crystal, because they're, they're moving house tomorrow. So that's, that's literally, that's your moving house gear that he's got on the go. Are you all set, by the way? You're all done? Yeah, we're getting there. It'll be a, hell- it'll be a long day tomorrow. As long as as long as we're in the new house by this time tomorrow night, that's all that matters. Okay, uh, we're also joined by uh, well, actually, he joined us on episode one of series three a couple of weeks ago, Nathan Ellis, and we had a lot of fun. And there was actually um, a few things we didn't get around to talking about, so we've got Nathan back on uh, again. How are you, Nathan? Are you okay? Yeah, very good, Dan. Thank you. Not bad at all. Can't complain. No, I was just just going to say another three points for Forest this weekend as well. So that's even better, isn't it? <laughs> Oh yeah! Here for, uh, we yeah, go! Forest, Here yeah. we go! What a surprise! Nathan pulls it out the bag in the first thirty seconds. It's about time Forrest started winning some games. Anyway, what's it like down there in the Championship? Anyway, Nate. Yeah, it's a bit miserable when my old man tells me he's seen us win two European Cups. It's uh, yeah, it's not not the best, but you just you know you get what you're given, don't you? As a, as a Leicester fan, I hated growing up in uh, my hometown, which is Loughborough. I moved to Birmingham when I was eighteen, and. Yeah, Loughborough's like halfway between Leicester and, and Nottingham and Derby's just sort of there too. And this was when, this was during the Brian Clough era. So growing up, I was like, the oh, it was terrible. It was just all these, all these smug forest tree huggers everywhere. There was me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to gloat too much because I know things can change around pretty quickly. So, so there we go. Speaking of change arounds, um, how, was the, how was the last 10 minutes of the Villa Wolves game yesterday, Ryan? <laughs> can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan doesn't want to talk about it. Look. <laughs> Right. <laughs> He's not having any of it. And uh, yeah, to, to round off proceedings today, and our guest on this evening's episode is, uh, is David, is it Mackie, isn't it? David Mackie? It is Mackie, yeah. And uh, I mean, we may as well, um, you know, seeing as we're, we've started off in a football mode, um, who, where, where are you and who's your, who's your team? Uh, I'm in South East London and, and my team's Tottenham Hotspur for my sins, which we, we won today, which was quite 
quite a nice for once. And, yeah, you, uh, you should be happy. You beat the richest team in the world. Exactly, you? exactly. I mean, we just beat them in the end, and uh, oh, it's just typical. You're just, you're just used to the years of disappointment now, I suppose. I mean, it's just, we just, every year something else happens. We're a funny lot of football fans, aren't we? There you are. You've, you've just won less than an hour ago, and you're not happy about it. I should be happy, right? If, if we hadn't won, I'd be in a pretty bad mood. So it's mad though. There's, we've got five five different lads on here. All five of us support a different team. Yeah. If you had to swap Brian to support any other team from the lads here tonight, who would it be? That's, you can't change your loyalties though. Can That's you? That's a tough one, question. man. That's Dan. a tough yeah. question, Dan. Yeah. Do you know what? I'd probably. <laughs> That's really tough. It wouldn't be Spurs. Oh, that, I, I think I'd probably have to say Forest. I'd have to say Forest. Yeah, I think. I wasn't expecting that, to be honest with you, after the stick you just gave Nath. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking he might, because he, he knows then he can always just cling on to the history forever. <laughs> if, if, by the way, if it's the first time that you've uh, you've checked out the podcast before, just just um, just to let you know, it's not it's not actually a football podcast or a football show. We um we do dip in out of it now and again. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of guys, isn't it? And as stereotypes are stereotypes, then there's one of them that we are instantly getting into. But the other reason we're here, and a, and a more serious tone is, the whole reason why Ryan started this podcast in the first place um, after we spoke about it, it was almost a year ago as, um, as we're in the middle of, of lockdown number one, wasn't it? And it was getting um, men on to talk. And uh, we, we do talk, but we don't always talk about the right things and in, in the right way. And we're trying to break down some of these stereotypes and also offer support with whatever you're, you've, you've been going through. We've had some brilliant guests on. We've had some great reactions. And yeah, we've made it into our into our third series now. So yeah, welcome onto the show, uh, David. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us tonight. Are, are you okay anyway? Are you all right? You're in, uh, you're having a nice no, weekend? It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Way to spend a Sunday evening. So. so there's a website. We'll stick it up actually. Ryan, can you stick the, the link to this in the, the Facebook Live? It's uh, runin four co.uk do you mind spending a few a few moments couple of minutes however long you need or feel that you'd like to just talking about your your story and you know what brings you to be on the show with us tonight of course um for us it was it was back in in 2017 whereby we were we were expecting our um, our first son and um at 26 weeks my um, my wife's waters broke and uh, she was rushed into into hospital and and ended up having a an emergency cesarean and, and our son Harry was born and and Harry is not because of Harry Kane before even that was never the reason of names but um but he, I hadn't even thought of that till you said it yeah I did it was my, my wife naming him so she's not as good <laughs> but um and he, he he was he was born in it and I was just completely completely taken back of, of um kind of your you you, you didn't expect to be a father that early and and you now have a baby that's kind of fighting for their life in, in mm. neonatal and he put up a, he put up a, a, a great fight but um for, for three days but but sadly sadly didn't make it and it was one of those um so close to to being born uh, kind of late enough that he would have done but it was it was just what, did you say it was 26 weeks sorry to put in 26 there. yeah 26 weeks so and so he we kind of had all these dreams and expectations of being parents and then over a three-day period they're just completely mm. away from us and 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 just we're trying to piece our life back together and say how, how do we how do we almost go on and, and process this with with parents but, but but our son's not here and 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 it's kind of classic male coping mechanism I didn't really I didn't talk about it I, I just mm. kind of 
got on and tried to be strong for for everyone else. And, and it really, there was just such a level of guilt that was stuck stuck inside me that I I failed because as a father you want to protect your son and 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 I didn't do that. And um, so I kind of did that classic of right, I'm going to start running. I'm going to run a marathon. I haven't run more than five or 10k before but and that was a while ago and, and just tried to go out and do it and kept getting injured and I was like right I've got to run a really good time because I need to prove to people I'm taking this seriously and it was just mm. just such a bad bad thing and 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 then um, it was probably almost kind of 18 months later whereby everything really came crashing down for me from a kind of mental health standpoint and it was I just I, I had to kind of come to accept I'm, I'm a different person, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. And and um, I'm I'm a father, but but it was almost how do I how do I kind of turn this into a positive? And and it was it was then um, I managed to do the London Marathon back in 2019, but it was just horrible. It wasn't I, I hated it, and and it was only kind of after that that I started running again and started to really enjoy it um, because I realised that almost running was my time where I, I spent with Harry and it was that that kind of classic thing of you get you're busy you, you feel guilty because you're forgetting but actually every time I was running I, I was I hadn't done that before so it was our special thing we did together and, and I started to enjoy it but you don't care about times you just care about getting out there and and seeing how much of a positive thing that happens in, in terms of mental health and I was um I knew Tommy's in, in terms of uh, baby charity because I'd, I'd done the marathon mm. um, and uh, they, I, I, was tra- I was talking to them about like, what sort of ideas do, do people do and they just said that they would just come up with something you feel very important about and, and it was then a case of the biggest stat hit me is one in four pregnancies this, this kind of impacts on and so with the running element, it was like, okay, running four, it was like, that's what I'm going to kind of do and, and launch. And it was really just to kind of show to people that, that you can, can look forward and, and have something. If you take up something new, it doesn't have to be running. It could be anything that, mm. that if you do that, that's your special thing and that's never going to get taken away from you. And um, so as part of that, it was then how do I kind of launch this further out to people and, and just to show to people that, Actually, it doesn't have to be running. It could be anything, but to encourage people to to get involved, but also then to spread awareness, which is where I started a few initiatives around kind of changing laces, having clashing pink and blue clothing, which is almost a point that generates a conversation because I mean people aren't aren't comfortable talking about it, and and I've seen that, and and it was once I started talking and once people started saying, look, thank you for, for saying this and thank you for doing something and, and almost and confessed that, that, that they'd been through it as well, that I really realised that actually I, I was trying to, I was doing something good and, and it wasn't, ultimately it wasn't me doing it. It wasn't me trying to do all these achievements. It was, it wouldn't happen if it wasn't for, for, for Harry yeah. being born. So it's almost, I feel like I'm able to kind of help him live his life and, and add, add value to other people. It seems like running is is something that is quite often a go to thing, especially for some of the guests that we've had on this on this podcast. As a way to you know deal with deal with things and and as as you've mentioned the the mental aspect of it too. Because Nathan, you've I believe is it this week you've been you've had quite a busy week too. You've done a lot. Is it for the ten k ten k a day that you've done this week? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Lost away this week. Yeah, I mean, just, I guess, just jumping on what David was saying as well, though, like, you know, David, you were saying about at the start, your running was really kind of not not good. And, and I have to say, straight after losing Carter, I remember just going out and running 
and running short distances, but really hard to mm. just just to feel something else, just yeah. to feel almost a feeling pain, but a different pain to the one that I was yeah. coping with. And I've done the yeah. same. I, I recognise that was a bad coping. And I, I'm, you know, I'm very sporty and, I, and I'm a big advocate for sport being a, a positive thing for helping with mental health. But I was using it in the wrong way. But yeah, I've, I, I, you know, I'm running sensibly. I have been for a long time again now since um, the last few months. And um, and like you say, it's such an, an escapism. But yeah, Dan, you're right. Yeah, I've done um, this week, yeah, 10, 10K a day for five days. Um, and just really lucky. So I've had some really good friends who have taken it in, taken it in turns. There's been two or three of us every day running. So I've always had some sort of. Uh, oh, okay. Support. So you've not been doing it on your own. No, and, and do you know what? One of the lads, he, he did every um, run with me, and on the the uh, fourth, he couldn't do the, the last day of the run. So on the fourth day, uh, he, he wore a, a twenty five kilogram vest. And he said, "Look, I can't run tomorrow with you." So I'm going to go, to, you know, to the wall with you today in this. And I, wow. He, he let me hold it. I don't know how you're doing that. That's insane. But it, yeah, he was an absolute machine. Uh, Tim Orford, his name is. It's just unbelievable. But yeah, and strangely enough, I, I thought my legs would be really heavy. Like Matt was checking in on me during the week, asking me how I was getting on. And actually Friday, I ran the best 10K that I've ever run. It, it was crazy. So yeah, but it, it felt really rewarding. And and I shared, um, shared a, what I was doing with my school community, actually, and I had lots of parents reach out and say, you know, what a brave thing it was to to share that and show the students that it's okay to talk about vulnerabilities. Um, and yeah, absolutely, I've been keeping mine sort of in a loop, but we've, we've raised about four thousand pounds now. Oh, that's so brilliant! Doing it, so it's it's just been sort of the whole thing's felt really positive, really rewarding, and um, and and for such a great cause. So yeah, it's uh, like, like David was saying. I think, I think exercise is is brilliant for. Uh, helping with with any mental health issue if you do it in the right way yeah i think what uh, both david and nathan said there about the when they first started running it was almost like you were running i, I know exactly what they were saying in the regard to i would just go as fast as i possibly mm. could and i and i actually remember speaking to my doctor um and when I actually went to my doctor because I was feeling like you know really down anxious depressed blah 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 um and I explained to the doctor what I was doing when I was running. I think it took me a while to realize actually what I was doing when I was running as fast as I could um, and trying to hurt myself was a form of self-harm. And I think what I was trying yeah, to do yeah. was almost trying to erase the, the, um, the emotional pain and, you know, that I was going through regularly by trying to just, inflict pain on myself through running and I'd get to a certain point and I'd be stopping and I, you know, you couldn't breathe or you were, you know, you were absolutely shattered. Your legs were killing you, whatever. But then once I then started to run properly and I stopped thinking to myself, I've got to be as fast as I possibly can. And I've got to, let's just, let's just build it up slowly. And then actually it gives you that little bit of headspace as well. Um, and you know, the, there's no, um, everyone knows that exercise releases the the happy hormones and the endorphins and, and what have you. And it's, yeah. um, I always found running a great help. I mean, I found it really good, actually really good. And I, and I do need to start it again because I haven't done it for a, a long time, but it's been a regular theme, hasn't it? On this podcast with exercise linked to mental health. I mean, we spoke about it with Nathan on, on, you know, the, the most recent episode before this one, which if you've not heard it, it's up on the uh, your podcast app. You can hear that. 
And there was there's a couple of things actually. Before I forget, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned about it was a your doctor said it was like a, a form of self harm doing it so fast to get into pain. I'm just, I, I need to find the link. I think it was menshealth.com. There was an article I read. It was either yesterday or the day before from somebody who was going through exactly that with his with his training. I'm not sure what the, what the root cause of it was, but again, it was it. They said it was actually a form of of uh, of self harm. The way that he was was training to get the feeling that he was he was after so it's interesting you mentioned that also with the uh, david said and and you and nathan all about just running as fast as you can getting out of breath and and then just going for it it, it was an episode uh, ian lawton episode number two of series two and he's lost half of his body weight i think he was doing 10 marathons in 10 days it got to the point of and his journey from that very first run where i don't think he'd ran in years and years in his life and he barely made 100 meters to where he's at now what's your what's your take on all of this Matt? because i know you're a you're an avid runner he shows you scars every time you see us <laughs> i've said many times before that um uh running has, has has pretty much saved me really i mean that in in every sense of the word like i i don't tend to put masses amount of weight on here and there but i, I did when when we lost cali and i went up to the heaviest i've ever been and um I used to run before we lost Cali anyway, um, but I knew, I like what Ryan's just said, I think running's one of those things that it's like anything really. Um, I don't know whether Dave and, David and Nathan agree with this, but once you get out of the habit of something, it's very, it's very hard to get yourself back into it. And um, so we lost her in the June and by the August, I was like, right, I need to, I need mm. to get back into this. And um it's very true what you say, actually. It's, yeah. it's interesting. So I did my first mile. Um, I just went out and like, well, I'm just going to do a mile. And I scared the life out of this woman because I wasn't fit at all. And I ran, I ran, I ran this mile and I was coming back behind. And I was just, <gasps> and like, she literally turned around like I was going to, like, she just jumped out of her skin. Like, so I, just, I was breathing so heavy. Like, but it, it, yeah, and, it, and it comes to a point where they, where Ryan said, you, you have to, you have to build it. And I'm sure that, Mm. You know, Dave, David and Nathan are the same where, you know, I think we've all done it. You know, I've, I've, it took me a while to accept that actually when you go out and run, it's okay not to run personal bests all the time. You know, I'm so competitive that I, you know, I, I have to try and beat my times all the time, but it's impossible. It's impossible. You know, um, it, when it comes to a race, a race, I'd like to try and beat my personal times if I can, but, I've realised now that my training is is it's okay to run a bit slower than I than I normally do, and as David said as well, you actually enjoy it more because you take things in, you know, and you think more. Um, so yeah, See, it's, it's not about the it's not about the time, is it? It's the how how you feel. It's just being yeah. out there and and being in inside your own head and your thoughts. And as we've discussed in previous episodes, when you are working out and you're tired, there's you're you're only really concentrating on that but i think mm. something like running such a, a free form of exercise isn't it that it's that that mental clarity that it can give you which we've you can listen back to other episodes if uh, you've not heard the podcast before and we, we've discussed this but well, yeah also, or, or also to be fair one of the it was one of the only things you could really kind of do during lockdown wasn't it as well like yeah running, you know you're that's able, true you know you you, you can yeah. able you were able to get out and run and you know so it's it's i think it's probably one of the cheapest 
forms of exercise you can do. You know, you get yourself a decent pair of running shoes. Yeah. It's, an, it's an investment. Then after that, yeah. You know, so. Um, before I forget, ep- episode six of, of series two was with Andy Riley. We were talking about sports and he uh, runs an organization called Impactivity who uh, who came on the show and, and was talking all about ex- exactly that, just exercise to uh, help with, with mental health. So, sorry, I'm not going to plug other episodes for the whole hour. It's just before I forget. That's <laughs> I think there's a big thing with running though, that there's a, there's a kind of outside view that it is all a kind of small circle of people trying to, trying to break records and and actually you realize that that is only a small part of it and and I did the London landmarks half marathon in 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 August and it was uh, I was doing it in kind of dressed as a great big number four to try and uh, launch running four and trying to beat the <laughs> record which I, I didn't quite do but um uh, but for anyone was, who's watching on Facebook there there he is <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was good fun but uh, yeah a few yeah the costume definitely needs a few few alterations if I'm going to the game but the worst bit about it was is when you get the, the water bottles you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't reach you your mouth I couldn't do it so just out of interest, was running your when you were, you know, looking for that that thing to do. Was running was there any other things that you were looking at or was was running just your, your go-to? Um, it was kind of I wanted to do something I hadn't done in in a way, but I, I mean I've done a little bit of it, but I think it was it was almost I kind of had this vision of, of being able to do something and do it, do it like um and 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 try and share my experience. And I wanted to do like it had to be something that I could could try and try and make fun and, and do it yeah. because I, I wanted to do something that was that was me spending time and, and me almost being and and uh, and kind of almost trying to say Harry's never going to be able to grow up so how can I do all these really fun things you might do with with, with your son but okay I'm mm. with him but I'm still doing them and then it, it almost kind of so it wasn't necessarily running so it's, it's forever linked in though isn't it with the memories yeah there? It, it was never necessarily running at the beginning, but it, it almost came to that. And it was just then that was my way of spending time. And it was the more and more things I did, the more um, kind of achievements I had or the more awareness I spread. It was, it was, it was him doing that rather than me. And so I, I've never would have done it before. So that's mm. where I've tried to do everything. And actually I've got myself down to a, to, a, to a few things now where it's like, right, actually just try and do what we're doing and do it well. And, 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 and just having people talk to you and saying, I've seen you on this I've done that it's it, it was really great and and I it happened to me I've never told anyone and just to have one person tells you that you, you make you realize well, actually I've managed to start breaking that breaking the silence um there's on the front page actually of uh, of your website and it's something you've just mentioned which is prompted me to uh, to look this up again I saw it earlier um some of the stats I'll just read this out actually um it running for aiming to break the silence that one in four pregnancies result in loss or premature birth it is likely that somebody you've spoken to today it's very likely that somebody you've spoken to today has been through this has lost a child but they may not be able to to talk about it it was that sentence of somebody that you've spoken to today. And all of a sudden I started thinking about who have I spoke to today. And that was a real thought provoker, that one. Especially during lockdown. We, we had these points that you didn't, you'd be speaking to people, people could be hiding, hiding behind the screen, people could be doing this. And, and they may have, they may have been um, expecting, expecting a, a baby and, and it, and it didn't, it didn't work out mm. for a number, a number of, a number of reasons. And, and they've unfortunately suffered loss, but, because they never saw people, they never told people. They might not even told their family. So I think it felt you had 
same with with mental health really kind of mm. coming and i think we did a lot during lockdown around how to help people people's mental health and what what sort of measures people could do and, and how they can help that but this was a subject that was never addressed and i imagine there are a lot yeah. of people that have never told anyone that and it's their secret and they think they're okay with it and they're moving on but but they're not well i've heard that stat um previously and um and again i was really surprised but then you know like when we talked about the elephant in the room and, and people not talking mm. about the topic of it being taboo and all that kind of thing um i found like, the more i talked about it with with kind of friends colleagues um just just more and more people seem to be within that network of of kind of loss if you like where yeah you, you would have never known and and you could have all been sitting there in silence dealing with that individually and had no idea that the people had been through it and then all of a sudden you've got these different sources of support of someone who went through it yeah. five years ago, six, 10, whatever. Um, and it's incredible, really, the number of times I've had someone say, you know, we really feel your pain. We've, we had something similar with us. And it's, and you, yeah, you just like, like David was saying, you just don't kind of, I, I think, realize exactly how many people are impacted in reality. You know, yeah. a figure's a figure, but when you actually get down to it, the number of people you actually interact with on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, who who have been impacted by this form of loss, it's it's staggering, really. Um, David, how long was it after you after you lost Harry before you started the running? So, because Harry passed away in, in July seventeen, and I think I, I think I sent, I, I think I decided I want to do it almost kind of six six weeks after. I, went, I wanted to run the London Marathon. That was just typical kind of stereotypical. That's what you want. It's quite soon then, yeah. It, it was, and, and, I, and I didn't know anything about charities, and I just started Googling, and, and I saw that the Tommy's um, uh, baby loss uh, baby loss charity, and I just sent them a message and said I'd like to like to run the marathon, with, and this is my story, and, and they responded straight away and said, "I'd love to have you, on, we'd love to have you on board." And I was like, okay, right, I've signed up to this now. Okay, what what do I do? And and, and I went yeah. out and then tried to. Tried to do all these, um, tried to do a training plan from from scratch, and and, and I got injured. Um, my hamstrings kept going, and it was by the time you kind of go around and see people, and say, yeah. you've worked in a desk for however yeah. it is, your, your body's not what what it used to be. You've got to start you know, it softly, softly, haven't you? And um, yeah, and all of a sudden you're just flying off hundred mile an hour like you say, Bolt. 100, 100%. So that was, that was, so I was going to do the marathon in London Marathon in kind of April, May 2018, deferred it for a year. So ended up doing it in, in the, the next year. And, but I hated it because I was just trying, I had to get a certain time. I had to do this because otherwise mm. people would think I wasn't taking it seriously. And right. So I did it and, and, but I kind of, I did it for all the wrong reasons. And then it was probably after that. And um, so it was, it was almost two years later, I think, when I right, okay. kind of realizing that actually this is great. This is this is my time, and and it's it's not about time. It's just about me getting out there. That's the thing I have yeah. to do. And if it's my control, if I'm running, I'm okay. If I'm not, I like, I like that way of people, putting it. Yeah, people don't even have. There's no point asking me, are you okay? Is have you been running? If the answer is yes, yeah, oh. then 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 I am. And and so that's always why. And so going through that, I've done a number of different things now. And it's it's almost I'm trying to find new things I haven't done, but it's almost it's then we're we're all doing it, we're doing it together for the for the for the first time. And yeah. and that's that's when it when it all made a lot more sense to me. So 
but that's because I spent two years with Brilliant. my head in the sand trying to think like thinking I'd dealt with something and I was a strong man and and nothing was ever going to beat me and and it was only when I admitted to myself that that I had that I, I hadn't processed the grief and and I needed I needed help that it, it made sense then so I think that's almost yeah it it was a long time really. How did you feel, David, when you finally realised that you needed help? Because I know from my own experience, I felt like a complete letdown to so many people because I remember the day, I, I can still remember the day where it hit me, where I knew that I needed to get help. Um, and I felt like I'd let myself down, like I'd let my family down. I felt like I'd let my friends down, my colleagues down. Just, I just felt like my whole world had just come apart and that I was, I was in this rut that I had no idea how to get out of it. So how, how did it make you feel when you hmm. realized that that, you know, that you did need that help and that support? I, I just remember looking in the mirror and saying, and thinking, I don't recognize the person I'm looking at. And it's like, I'm a shadow and I have to I think I came away and I, I have to accept that I'm, not the same person. The things I was good at before, I'm not going to be good. I'm not as confident. I'm not. The, and 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 that wasn't necessarily that. That was almost. I would say rock. Oh yeah, maybe it was rock bottom. And, and you kind of go from there. You then start to start to build up, and you do feel. You, I felt a sense of loss for me, um, as well as the person I used to be. And 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 actually, through talking to people and 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 kind of seeking help, you people realise that look. You, you're not a different you're not a different person you are a different person but it's not in a in a detrimental way actually and, and you mm. you start then piecing together what what it is that and why do you feel like this and 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 it was really it, it was just enlightening and I put so much blame on myself and actually so many things weren't weren't my fault and 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 once I started kind of working that through and kind of realized who I became I, I then felt a lot more positive that I'd almost become a become a better person off the off the back of it and and one that was much more more empathetic but also one that that could then actually make a difference to people because you, you didn't kind of didn't really have a calling in life and now I think I do more so and and if I can help people I get so much out of getting a message from someone saying I saw you do this I saw that and it was, it was brilliant I'm, and especially from men saying saying that I've, I've never told anyone this. And you think, wow, like if I could have, that's hopefully someone I've, I've impacted on. And, and that's yeah. that's better than anything. And, and and now I've got a three-year-old and an eight-month-old and they've come to come to watch me and, and my son came to the marathon in NASA and he he loves it. He screams and shouts and it's just, it's the best thing that, that he can do. He loves coming to watch Daddy running. And it's, so hopefully he'll take that on and he's going to be a much better runner than I am, I can assure you. So <laughs> he'll actually probably do some good times. And But but, he, but it's almost can be our thing as a family to to take yeah. on and, and now then, then, his, then Harry's legacy can, can live through through them. And so... Yeah, I think it's it's been a journey, but it's one that that I, I kind of I'm glad I've I'm glad that I've come out the let's say the other side of all, and mm. and I have a way forward. And and but you realise through it, there are so many amazing people that are doing so many amazing things that, that it's happened to them. And and it's it's a club I never <laughs> never wanted to be part of, but actually yeah. there are some amazing people in it and doing some some things. And I just wish wish the taboo could be broken more and people are really trying, but I kind of feel something's holding, 
holding us back being able to, to, to people aren't ready to have that conversation how, how can how can people become more ready to have that conversation i think as a society we're <laughs> say we and I'm not I don't mean us I mean us as a, as a society I don't think we're comfortable with death full stop I don't you know I, I think people we, we all realize that inevitably there's only one certainty in life and that is death mm-hmm. we're all going to die at some point and I think what people can't process and what they probably don't want to understand or acknowledge is that actually at times that can be flipped completely the opposite way around we expect to lose a, um, a parent or a grandparent or brothers and sisters to some extent depending upon the age differences and yeah. what have you and the order of life and you expect and you know what the it, you know inevitably is going to happen but when it's flipped on its head because there is no people are scared of it people are really mm. really scared of it and it's it's People say, is it a lack of education? I don't think it is because I don't think you can educate anybody, um, you know, in schools and so forth on how to deal with this type of, of grief, this type of death, because it's 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 unique and it's unique for a reason because unless you've experienced it, you really, I think people genuinely can really find it quite difficult to understand um, but I do think strongly as a society that we, we are frightened of death. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it is the way it is. You know, we report an awful lot and this, this is going to sound so heartless, but it's not meant to, but it's not meant to be in any way, shape or form. But we have a, a we have a media that report on death every single day, whether that be, you know, through, mm terrorist atrocities things like that but then we also report on celebrity deaths and we we seem to be very good at reporting that type of stuff but we just can't report that you know children are dying or you know babies are dying or babies are stillborn or they're dying neonatally or we just it seems yeah. like everything is just completely the wrong way around it, it, there's conversations and steps like you say it's not going to happen overnight but it is an educational thing that not in schools i mean my my, my nine-year-old was watching casper on tv because it was on earlier on and even then she was getting a little bit freaked out she was gonna have bad dreams tonight because you're trying to explain to a nine-year-old you know when they're getting very inquisitive about death and stuff and that's something we've actually spoke about on this podcast before with with your other children isn't it ryan and how you had to have the conversation about you know uh, about Lily, uh, Lily May, and everything which was going on uh, going on there. So it's something which is it's going to be a process over over a long period of time, isn't it? I think people in general with death and pain avoid that at all costs as much as they can, don't they? Because it's it is uncomfortable and it is scary and it's and it's challenging to to talk about those topics and face them up. But I've experienced similar to to what Matt was just saying in that you know some of my closest friends. Um, have you know are more inclined to to talk to me about Carter, use his name, you know, ask questions, um, say the right things, and I think part of it as well, with, with particularly with um, baby loss, is that like all, all all people I think are the same. You know, if someone's upset or, or worried, we we sort of try and fix it. A natural response, and I think it's actually a male response that quite often is to yeah. try and fix yeah. it. Let's fix yeah. it. Um, 
and that's actually that's the exact opposite of what you need when you when you're grieving particularly with this I found I didn't I didn't need someone to fix it I needed someone to help me figure out how I could cope with it and actually all I needed from from friends was just to check in and I'm here if you need me if you want to talk I'm here and that's that's actually all I needed um from them and then and I actually needed the support from from Ryan and, and the charity to help me out with the rest um but as I say as time's gone there's, there's more and more people happy to talk and you know the, the guys that came and ran with me on Friday um we started at, at where Carter's ashes are buried ran from there ran back to there lit a candle all had a beer and had a chat after and it just you almost sort of opening the doors to that that community around you to say look this is something that's always going to be big in my life now and I'd always like you to be to be around to help with that if that's okay and then to almost, them yes it's normalized you know, to their friends isn't it helping helping that situation that you've been through and it was by sorry it was by the for anyone who didn't listen to the last one it was at the church where you and Flick your other half got married wasn't it where you uh, where we yeah where we're going to get that's married right. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so married, yeah. There. but um but then and again I, yeah. I agree entirely with, with what Ryan and Matt have said about like anything, if you want substantial change, it has to unfortunately come top down, doesn't it? You know, you can build bottom up, but you can only build so far from the bottom. But what I would say is that, you know, I'm seeing, I've been in education 11 years now, and even from when I started, and certainly when you talk to people of my age and older about what schools were like and, and how things were spoken about in schools, perhaps, um, things have definitely come on. And, and I suppose from that point of view, like Ryan said, you can never prepare someone for a loss as significant as this. Of course you can't. But what you can try and ingrain in young people, and, and it works best, of course, when they're getting that message from from parents and the school. Um, but it's just to, to talk when you're sad, talk when you're down, talk talk when you need to just get things off your chest, and and hopefully that's the message that goes out in schools across the country. That's what I'd hope. Um, and and again, that's why it felt so powerful for me to to share, um, you know, with with the GoFundMe yeah, and and with with parents and students at the school to say, look, do you know what? Look, here's an example of it. This is really painful, but you've got to share and you've got to be, be willing to be open about it to, to, to move past it and also, you know, show others that it's okay to, to do the same. I think, I think you, you, you nailed it with the, the bit around people wanting to fix it. And I think that's the, when it kind of, <laughs> I look at it from, from my side and, and been a bit unlucky in life, but, but kind of going back 12 years ago, I, I, I did get diagnosed with cancer and, and I had to have six months of chemotherapy and the, and off the back of that, everyone kind of came to you, like, you can beat this, you can do it. It's like, everyone's happy to talk to you about that. Everyone's happy to, to call out and say, look, you can do this, David, you're fine. You're, you're young. You can, of course you can. And, and it was almost that way of celebrating at the end of it when actually, okay, I was given, I was given the all clear, but this side is something that was so personal to uh, but people didn't feel that they had the tools or they could help. So they said nothing. And I think the, so there is an education piece there around about, as you said, the power, I think the power, the power of talking and the power of actually sharing and just being there for people. And I think that kind of comparing those two experiences in my life, that the second one when I needed people the most. And Yeah. Wow. I, um, I didn't know, but that's, um, Good to hear that you every, everything's okay. You say all clear and yeah, fingers crossed. The reason I compare the two, and I know it sounds crazy, is that that first day going back into work afterwards. Yeah, okay. Yeah. and everyone not knowing what to say, and that's why there's yeah. comparison. Um, and the first wow. one was just look, David, you're going to do this. It's fine. Everyone messaged me. Mm. Second time, people said sorry. 
That's all they said. Um, that's not true, but most people said sorry. And then when it went to work, you just saw people actively going, oh, my God, he's here. I can't, mm. I don't know what to say. And so I think there was, a, comparing the two, you just, like, you felt way more alone in the, the sector. But then people did come out and start sharing. That happened to me. And, and that, because you, you think, why me? You think, why me the, the whole time? And, and actually when people yeah. start sharing and talking and, just not even saying, just not just just talking to you. You, you think oh, actually, well, wow, this is way more prevalent, and yeah. that it's it's encouraging people to talk and, and but educating people. Um, Ryan, you did a charity football game not long ago, and I think Nathan was part of it. Were you there too, Matt? Tell us all about that. Yeah, no, it was um, it was really good. It, uh, what was really nice about it as well was that um, we were able to put together a Lily May. Um, squad of players um, and it was a, a real broad range of people so it was not just bereaved dads there was also um, bereaved um, what do you call them uncles you know things like that and, and other members of the family and friends who were able to sort of make the squad up as well so we played against um, Sands United Solihull um, and we we uh, we were, <coughs> were losing 1-0 was it at half time? Yeah, we were losing one nil at half time, um, and then we we then started winning two one. Then conceded just before um, the final whistle, and then went into penalties. And um, obviously, we won on penalties. Um, except it took how many penalties? How many penalties? I think my penalty is still in orbit, but um, it, took, um, <laughs> it took a lot of penalties to win to win the uh, penalty shootout. I think Matt's is still in orbit as well, but our goalkeeper saved five, I think, didn't he? And I think we put four over the bar or something like that. <laughs> brilliant. And, um, There's nothing yeah. more satisfying in life than a bad penalty shootout. Oh, mate. That's it's a brilliant. It was yeah. horrendous. It was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it was. Oh, it, excellent. It was a great day. It really was a great day. And it was, it was great to be able to play, obviously, against Sands. Um, yeah, and, that's brilliant. Um, you know, because they set up a football, well, Sands just in general across the whole country have got, you know, different football teams and stuff, which were set up for bereaved dads and so forth. Yeah. Really oh, nice. that's great. Are you, um, are you planning another one um, sometime in, uh, wow, it's already, it's nearly November, isn't it? So uh, 2022, oh, get, yeah. get us a few people down there, get some, I'll bring my pom-poms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can, you can bring your pom-poms. We did say, wear your leotard as well. We did say that um, we definitely do another one. Um, even you know, even if we just got a game at a sort of last minute, whenever they didn't have a fixture because they actually yeah. played. Oh, league. that's great! Um, so we did say we'd do one, but I think next year we'll you know we'll do a proper one like that, a big charity day again, and and play oh, against really them. And yeah, so it was yeah. um it was really good, and I think it benefited a lot of people. So, and just to um just to just to round off speaking of charity days because you had your golf and dinner evening. Was it about well it was last weekend? Wasn't it? So about ten days ago. Uh, thanks yep. to everyone who who came down to that. If you if you're listening or watching this, what was the total raised in the end? It was Roughly. just shy, just shy of twenty thousand pound. Which fantastic, good effort, the, mate. Pandemic and and stuff like that has been really you know, good, really really good. Um, so yeah, we were blown away really with the amount of the amount. Sorry that we raised. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it was just yeah, nice was, to everyone be back in a room together, wasn't it? Um, you could tell it, it was quite rowdy even after like five minutes. I was like, this will be an interesting night. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> David, thank you very much for uh, for joining us on the podcast. You're uh, you're more than welcome to to come back on 
when, whenever you like absolutely thank you. thank you all and um, yeah best of luck with everything and, and keep up with the running and maybe we'll have to get you up north to join us on one of our wolf runs um, <laughs> that's it thank you very much as always uh, for uh, for watching this if you are live through Facebook and for listening back to this through your podcast app we will be back with episode 3 if you'd like to get in touch maybe appear on the on the podcast or if you'd like to speak to to somebody you can reach out to Ryan and Amy at the Lily May Foundation you can find all the details uh, in the description uh, David, once again, thank you very much for uh, for coming. Oh. On. It's been a pleasure having you on. It's been uh, it's been brilliant listening to to, to you speak. And runningfor.co.uk. It's in the Facebook link. It'll be in the description too. Uh, if you want to uh, follow and uh, get in touch and reach out to David through there, uh, you can do so. Nathan, Matt, Ryan, all the best, and we'll see you very soon. Thank you very much, everybody. See you guys. <laughs>